Pan. We serve an amazing God that can do all things and do all things well. Hallelujah. So on behalf of your brother, your sister, just begin to intercede on their behalf. I know we do this all the time, but God still answers prayer. We still believe that God will touch your neighbor if you intercede on their behalf. So just begin to lift them up before the Lord. You may not know what they're going through, what their situation is, but God knows, and he's able to do all things. So just begin to lift them up before you right where they are. Begin to call them out before our Father that he would do great, great, great and marvelous things. Father, we bless you. We honor you this day, oh God. This is the day you've made. We will, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for knowing that you're the good God. You're the true and faithful God. You're the only living God that's able to do all things, Father. And so we bless and worship your name, oh God. We don't take that word to your amazing lightly, oh God. You are amazing. God, you do what only you can do, oh God. We thank you for that, oh God. We worship you today. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence together amongst the brethren, oh God. We don't take it lightly that we are here 
in your presence, oh God, amongst each other. And God, we praise you for our brothers and sisters, God, whose hands we hold. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're touching them right now at the point of their need, oh God. God, we intercede on their behalf, oh God. Meet them wherever they need to be met today, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you know them. You know their situation, God. You know their mentality at this point. God, you know their emotional state at this point. God, you know their spiritual health at this point, oh God. So whatever the need is, you meet that need in Jesus' name. God, we trust you with their lives, oh God. We trust you with their lives. We turn them over to you, oh God. And we say, do your work in their lives, Father. And so we bless you, God, for that. We thank you in advance, oh God, for the testimony that's going to come forth, oh God, of your healing power, your delivering power, God, your miraculous working in their life, oh God. And we give you praise even now for what you're doing. And God, we thank you that they lift us up, oh God. God, we thank you that we lift our burdens to you, God. We cast them upon you for you do care for us, oh God. No matter if it was a doctor's report or it was something that's going on in our family, oh God, we turn it over to you, oh God. We cast all our cares upon you for you truly do care for us, oh God. And we leave it there. We leave it in your hands, oh God. We'll play our part, God, but we leave it in your hands. And so we thank you in advance, God. We praise you, oh God, for this time, oh God. Now speak to us, oh God, out of your word, oh God. Hear, help us to hear what you would have for us to hear. God, in our spiritual ears that we may hear with understanding, oh God, and be who you call for us to be. God, we do honor you, God. We do praise you, and we magnify you. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen and amen. Give God praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. We don't take for granted our opportunity to be together in this beautiful place that God has established us to be here. 19201 Woodfield Road in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Amen. God saw fit that we would have this 30 acres of land to, to lift up his name. That wasn't by accident. Other people, Home Depot wanted it. Other people wanted it. But God blocked it and allowed us to have this space. That's amazing in Montgomery County because it's, it's hard to get land in Montgomery County. But God saw fit that we would be here to lift up his name, that he would touch lives that he desires to touch. And we're grateful for that. So we don't take it lightly that you're here. Uh, we celebrate you. We celebrate what God is doing in your life. And we know that God's got even the more. Amen? Amen. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, we're going on our series and continuing. This is the last week. Uh, I believe that we'll be here on this series, More Faith, Less Fear. More faith, less fear. More faith, less fear. And we're subtitling today, Faith Forward. Faith Forward. You know, I, it's, it's not just a, a series, but it is a, an attitude. When we talked about more spirit and less flesh, that has to be a reality for us. And when we talk about more faith and less fear, that has to be a reality for us. We got to take this to our communities. We got to take this everywhere. 
uh, it's in my mentality. One of the things that helps me is sometimes when we have t-shirts and things that remind us, and so you can get your t-shirts, the ushers have ability, I don't have it on today, but the more faith, less fear looks like what you saw on the screen. It's a good reminder, it's a good conversation starter because we're living in a world where there's much fear, much fear, everybody's afraid. Um, but we got to come and be people of faith and let people know that there's faith that we can have in our God that can do all things. Amen. So you want to avail yourself to that, do that, because I just like to see us walking around the community uh, and challenging people to have faith in God. Amen. Amen. We're going to the book of Hebrews, um, the 11th chapter at the beginning of service, chapter 12, verses 1 to 2 was read. I'm going to do something that you hardly ever see in church these days, but I'm actually going to read the entire 11th chapter of Hebrews. And so typically, customarily, we stand. You do not have to stand if you do not like. But I am going to read the entire 11th chapter of Hebrews. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> But you do not have to stand if you don't like to. I understand. But I'm going to read the entire 11th chapter of Hebrews. We find these words out of the New King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he had, would receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dealt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which was foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom he said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped the leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he had was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fa fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of a sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made Perfect. Amen. You may be seated. More faith, less fear. Faith forward. 
Cut that off for me. Thank you. Faithful work. When I was in college, a long time ago, <laughs> I made a decision to pledge. And so I pledged Kappa Alpha Psi in the spring of 93. But I saw something in, in that time where there was one person who was pledging, and you had pledged, you were pledging from January all the way through April. It was a long time. And one person quit one week before the process was over. And he didn't make it through. And I saw him because he, he, was, he was suffering just too much. It was too difficult. I'm not going to get into the gory detail. <laughs> but he was suffering too much. And he wanted to go back to just his normal life. And I'm thinking all that money you spent, because you had to spend money, all the beatdowns you done took, okay, I'm not going to get into the gory details of it. In one week before you make it, you quit. Of course, you didn't know when you were going to finish. But one week, all that money you spent, all that time you was up two, three, four in the morning. Okay, I'm not going to get into the gory details. <laughs> in one week, you quit. The book of Hebrews was written to a church that was being persecuted. And they were Jews, the majority of this church, and he's writing to them. The author here, people don't want to say it's Paul or it's Barnabas. We don't know exactly who wrote it, but he was writing to them with the sheer intention to encourage them because many of them were considering and wanting to go back to Judaism and wanting to honor the fathers, Moses and David and Abraham, and going back to Judaism. Uh, and he was writing to them, trying to explain to them, this is what Hebrews is about, is that the old covenant had its purpose, but the fulfillment of the old covenant is in the new covenant, in Jesus Christ. And the new covenant is better than the old covenant. And everything in the old covenant was simply leading up to what was going to take place in the new covenant in Jesus Christ. And so there was no need to actually go back because the people you're referring to were simply looking forward to what we're able to experience today in Jesus Christ. Uh, but they were tired. They, they wanted to go back. And so they wanted to get off some of the steam because it was hot being uh, a believer in Jesus Christ. There was persecution and they wanted to let some of that steam off. And so they were thinking about going back. So the writer has to tell them, you got to fight on. You, you've got to be strengthened. That I know you seem like you're getting uh, leery and weary, but you got to stay alert. You can't drift back. And in chapter 10, he, he, he tells them, he starts talking about this thing called faith, because the faith in Jesus is greater than the works of the Old Testament. 
It's our faith in Christ. And he tells him in chapter 10, verse 35, he says, don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. So you're, you're struggling. He says, don't cast away your faith, your confidence, which has great reward. He then goes on to tell him that you have need of endurance. Somebody shout endurance. Endurance. After that, you have done the will of God. We talked about more faith, less fear does the will of God, that you may receive the promise. So after you've done God's will, that there is a promise for you. Then he goes on to tell him, he says, yet in a little while, he who is coming will come and not tarry. And he's talking about Jesus. How many realize that Jesus is coming back again? That, that he who has, he went away, but he is coming back and he will come and not tarry, but he has not come back as of yet. So he, now he starts talking about what we've got to do now. And in his famous passage, he says, now the just shall live by faith. But then he says, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But then he says in 39, but we are not those who draw back to perdition or destruction. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And my assignment today is just to declare and make sure that in this house, that what he said is still true of us today. But we are not those who draw back. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody in here that's committed that I, I'm not drawing back? You know, that's not us. <laughs> so we may go through, but, but we're not going back. We're not drawing back. We ain't even thinking about going back. Am I talking to anybody? I'm talking to a generation that refuses to go back to destruction. Because I've come this far by faith. I've come this far by faith. I have come this far by faith. And I'm not going back. Faith is too valuable. My faith is too valuable. I don't care what I go through. I'm not letting it go. God gave it to me. I refuse to give it up. I will die before I give it up. I'm talking to a generation that refuses to go back. And no matter what I'm going through, I'm just going to have to faith this thing forward. Am I talking to anybody that's got to faith this forward? Faithing this forward. By review, we're going over our definition. It's going to be on the screen of what faith is. It says, faith is the assured reliance, assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. The assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. And in our case, that someone is God. He is the object of our faith. We want to take a second note here that faith helps sustain us in our trials. Faith helps sustain us in our trials. Peter was at a place where he was getting ready to deny Jesus three times. And he told Jesus, hey, I'm going to stay with you, man. I don't care what happens to you. I'm going to be there with you to the end. I'm a ride or die dude, man. I'm going with you. Jesus said, no, 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 Satan. Because I got to tell you something, Peter. He says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen the brethren. 
See, Jesus knew Peter was getting ready to go through a trial because Satan specifically asked for him. And sometimes Peter felt like he was drifting away from God. That's why he denied him three times. But Jesus said to him, after you return to me. See, because even though you're going through, your faith is not going. That's what he prayed for, that your faith would not fail you. Didn't say it wasn't going to be difficult. Didn't say you weren't going to have dark times. But your faith will sustain you in this moment. And after that, you'll return back to me. You ain't going to drift away. You're going to come right back to me. Faith leaves behind the known for the unknown. Faith leaves behind the known for the unknown. It, it leaves behind the certain for the not so certain. It leaves behind the seen for the unseen. At God's word, Abraham left his homeland to go to a place that he did not know and to be a foreigner. He left. Abraham, the Bible says, was rich. Let's just be clear. And he left his homeland to go to a land that he did not know. Many of us are here are immigrants. We weren't born here in this nation. You know what that's like to leave your homeland, to leave what's familiar, to leave what is known, to go to a place where you're not even going to be sure that you're welcome. But you left anyway because you go to the unknown. But the Bible says that God's word when God spoke to him that he left. We talked a few weeks ago when we talked about Peter and the disciples on the boat. Peter left the comforts of the boat to go to the unknown. He knew the boat. Even though he was in a storm, he at least had the boat. He was familiar with the boat. He was comfortable with the boat. He was a fisherman. But at God's word, he got up out the boat and started walking on the water. Faith will leave the scene and go to the unseen. We talked about last week how Thomas, he said, I refuse to believe that he's risen unless I see him myself. And yes, it is true that Seeing glory produces faith. When we see something, then we start to believe. But Jesus says to him right after that, blessed are you have seen and you believe. But blessed are those who believe without seeing. That's us. Because none of us have seen a resurrected Christ. I'm sorry. We, we have not seen. Ain't nobody here that old that you have seen the resurrected Christ. But we have, there was eyewitnesses and testimony of people who talked about they saw the resurrected Christ. And we can look at Scripture and see the prophetic teachings about the Messiah, that he fulfilled those prophetic teachings. So we believe by faith that Jesus Christ is the resurrected, resurrected Son of God. We believe by faith even though we haven't seen him. Faith takes what God says at, as certain, even if it, we don't see it happen in the natural. And if faith says, God says it, I see it, and even if I don't see it in the natural, I still see it. Are you following? If God says something, it's certain to me. I can see what he said, even though we don't see it naturally. That's what faith does for us. So more faith, less fear, focuses on the promises of God. More faith, less fear focuses on the promises of God. We know a promise is it's a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. We know what a promise is. More faith, less fear focuses on the promises of God. The Bible teaches us in Matthew 5, 37, he teaches us to stay away from making promises or not to swear. Because Jesus tells us we can't make a hair black or white. 
<laughs> we can't guarantee nothing. So just let your yes be yes and your no's be no's. But there's no need to go swear by it and make a promise that you might not be able to keep. Are you, are you here with me what I'm saying today? It's what he tells us. But with God, that's not what he, what, what he said. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. So if God promises it, it's going to happen. It's not if or perhaps or, or maybe. But if God promises something, it will come to pass. We've got to understand with promises that the Bible is riddled with promises, but we have to be careful about the promises that we look at. Some promises were written to particular, particular people for a particular time. And so it's not universally, we can't just say it applies to us because it didn't apply to us. God already fulfilled the promise that he made to those particular people at that particular time. What's wrong with my mic? We good? I need to switch. Test. All right. So we got to be careful with our promise. We got to be careful with the text that we look at promises in. The context. You got to look at the context. Uh, we can't take promises out of context. All right. And then sometimes they're principles that we're looking at and not necessarily always promises. Proverbs 22, train up a child in a way which he go when he's older, would not depart. All the time we think that guarantees us that our children will be saved and walk with the Lord. Well, he didn't necessarily promise you that. It's a principle. There are people who raise their child, what? And, and, and they ain't walking with the Lord. May happen when they're right at their, their deathbed, but that's not necessarily what he promised. You've got to be careful. Because all the promises of God are fulfilled 100% of the time. I ain't going to bore us with that. I just want to set the foundation. See, because what God promised Noah that it was going to rain. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, he told them, he warned them of what was to come. He promised Noah, Noah, it's going to rain. But I'm going to save you and your household. That's why Noah moved in faith and built the boat, even though he'd never seen rain before. <laughs> because God promised him it was going to happen. Abraham left his country to go to a place he did not know. Because God told them that I'm going to give you a land that's going to be your inheritance. It's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. But he also promised him that he would have a seed, even though he was old, never had a child yet, and his wife was old. He promised him that you are not just going to have a seed, but you're going to have uh, many, many seed, many children that you are going to have. That's why Abraham left, because he had the promises of God. Moses was promised that God would deliver his people out of Egypt. Now, the people were slaves. They were in bondage. They didn't look like anywhere they were going to be delivered at all. But he promised them he was going to deliver them. That's why he went, because he had the promise of God. But the Bible says that all of these guys, all these men, all these women, they died in faith, not yet receiving the promise. Because ultimately, what God had promised them was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so even though there were some things that happened in the natural, true freedom and deliverance comes through Jesus Christ. Our inheritance is really found in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says they died in faith, that they didn't quite receive the promises yet, but we have those promises. So watch this. Faith kept them focused on the promises of God, and it will do the exact same thing for us. 
The Bible said that they were assured of the promises even though they didn't necessarily see everything manifested. The Bible says that they embraced the promises of God even though they didn't see it manifested. The Bible says that they counted themselves as strangers or pilgrims because this was not their home. This was not their final resting place. And just as faith kept the, uh, the promises of the old, it will also keep us the same thing. Because the Bible does promise us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that with every temptation that there is a way of escape. <laughs> that, that, is, that is what he says to us, that with every temptation, there's no temptation that comes to us that is not but common to man. But God who is faithful with the temptation will provide a way of escape. So I can understand that if I'm being tempted, there is a way of escape. All I got to do is find it because God is faithful to provide. He promised that. So whenever you're going in temptation, you're feeling really tempted right now, there's a way of escape. Your phone's about to ring. Somebody about to call you to, to distract your attention from what you was getting ready to do and move you into God's direction. There's always an, a way of escape because he promised that he would do it. Are you hearing? There's several things that he promised us in Scripture. How many know that our salvation is secure? He promised us in John chapter 10 that no one can pluck us out of his hand. So that we are in God's hand that no one can pluck us out of his hand. And even if I make a mistake, I sin and fall short, guess what? I'm still not plucked up out of his hand. The devil will try to make us think that God don't care about us no more, God mad at us, that, that we're lost, and, and that we just need to give up because he, we messed up and he don't care about us, he's mad at us, he's going to condemn us to hell. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you put saving faith in me, if you put your trust in me. You are in my hand and can't nobody, no devil in hell take you from out of my own hand. He promised us that. And so we can be secured in that promise. How many realize that whatever God starts, he's going to finish? Philippians 1, 6, Deacon Cosby told us, he that has begun a good work in us will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And that is a promise. And so if God has started something in our life, you can best believe that he is going to finish it. So I may not be a finished product yet, but guess what? God is still working on me. He's going to finish what he started. If he started a good work, if he called me to salvation, I have the assurance of God that he will finish it. How many realize that God promised us that he would return? We got to live like he is coming back. He said, if I go away, I will come again and receive you until myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And so we got to realize that he promised us that he is coming back. And I said earlier, we haven't seen the resurrected Jesus, but guess what? We will. <laughs> because 1 John chapter 3 says, I don't know what I'm going to be like in my resurrected state, but I will be just like him for I will see him as he is. Faith focuses on the promises of God, not the circumstances around us. More faith, less fear, not only focuses on the promises of God, but more faith, less fear pushes for better. Somebody say better. Somebody shout better. A better. The Bible says that in Hebrews 11, he said they look for a better place. They were looking for a better or a heavenly place. Better. <laughs> God's got better. That's why Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. We often remind ourselves that the things above are still better than the things of the earth. 
I know we love to have money in our pockets and we love to have nice cars in the driveway, but the things that God has for us spiritually are still far better than the things that are on the earth. I've never seen anybody take their car with them when they died off this earth. I've never seen somebody take their money with them when they died off this earth. Don't matter if you throw the money in the casket or not, I'm going to take it out because you ain't going to do nothing with it in the casket. I could use that money right here on earth better than you could do in the casket. But listen, it's not going to be, it's not better than the joy that God has for us. It's not better than the peace that God has for us. It's not better than the security that God has for us. It's not better than his presence abiding on the inside of us. Things on the earth are good, but it's not better. We got to, as Christians, we got to understand that our heavenly spiritual blessings are still far better than what we can experience here on this earth. Somebody shout better. See, Moses at a time refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. See, we know the story of Moses. Moses uh, his parents saw that he was a beautiful child, but the king's edict was to destroy the baby. So they, they obeyed it eventually, but we see that his mother ended up getting him back and raised him, but he was raised as Pharaoh's grandson. And so Moses was rich. He was the, the prince of Egypt. His grandfather was the man. He had everything at his disposal. He became rich. You imagine being rich, a billionaire. You know, you just sitting there, just can do what you want and, and have servants and, and slaves and, and just run around and just, just be the man. You don't even got to work. You can just walk outside, enjoy the fresh air, put your feet up and get what you want when you want it. You don't have to wait for it. You see what I'm saying, Nick? You don't have to wait. You don't got to get up and cook it yourself. Somebody's cooking it for you and bring it right to your bedroom or right in the, in the den when you're watching television. Come on in here. You see what I'm talking about? You can just call and snap your finger and people will come and, and do whatever you want them to do. That's who Moses was. He was the prince of Egypt. But the Bible says that when Moses became of age, <laughs> when Moses got, got to a place of maturity, that he, he realized that I've got to own my true identity. I've got to own my true heritage. I'm not this Egyptian just sitting up here in this rich house, but I really belong with them slaves. My, 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 my heritage is, is with the Hebrews. So I was amazed last week, and, and it, 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 it touched my heart to see our sister Shan, Chantel. She got baptized again last week. And, and, and it's, the funny thing is, if you look on the, the mural over there, you see a picture of Chantel getting baptized when she was five years old. It was in October of, of uh, 1996. She was five years old. But something, Chantel, when you get mature, something in your own self, and not about when I was five. I'm not discounting what happened when I was five. But you get me to a place where I got to do this thing for myself. It's not about what other people are doing and all my friends are doing and this is what the church expects me to do. But when God starts to speak to you for yourself, when you start to realize who you are in Christ for yourself, then you've got to make a move. When he became of age, the Bible says he chose rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming God's riches, esteeming the riches of Christ greater than those of the earth, greater than those treasures in Egypt. Faith will help you through your suffering on your way to better. <laughs> Faith will help you through your suffering on the way to better. Moses had to leave being a billionaire and go into being poor. He had to leave being a billionaire to get on the run. And guess what? You have to suffer through some things to get to your better at some time. But it's faith that will keep you going. 
How many know that when your finances are jacked up, <laughs> you're going to have to suffer to get them back right? <laughs> you're going to have to suffer. That means you may not be going anywhere for a long time. <laughs> you may have to take the bus. <laughs> you may have to get a scooter. <laughs> you may have to live in somebody else's room or somebody else's house. <laughs> Come on in here, somebody. You're going to have to go through some suffering. But faith will keep you going because you know that there's better on the other side of this. <laughs> I know that God's got better for me, so I'm going to have to suffer through some things. Sometimes relationally, God's got to move some people right out of your life. And it may be difficult, but you realize that God's got better for me. And I may have to suffer for a while. I may have to be by myself for a while. It may be some lonely Friday night and Saturday nights for a while. But I realize that God's got better for me. I had to leave behind what was to go towards better. I wish I was talking to a church that understood that God's got better. And my faith will keep me going towards the better. I can't settle for this. I don't care how good it looked, how good it felt. God has spoken something different to me. He's given me vision for something else. And you might not see it, but I know it's better. And God promised me, and it's better. So I'm moving by faith. Somebody shout better. Better. It gets better than this. See, that'll get you up in the morning when you realize that it gets better than this. That'll get some pep in your step when you realize it's better than this. Things will be better than It's not going to be like this always when I'm doing God's will because better is on the outside. God never takes you to worse. He's always going to end up you in better. The destination will always be better. It will always be greater because that's how good God is. I got to minister to some. I got to minister to myself about something. See, because we got to have a generation with faith that does not live with regrets. Come on in here. Let's talk about regrets. Can we talk about that for a minute? You know, I'll be transparent. I have a bachelor's degree, but years ago, I was going to get my master's. I was going to get my master's. And some things happened in my life. Going through some stuff. And I heard God say to me, he took me to scripture. And he was like, Paul was the man. Paul was the most intelligent being going. Paul had every degree you could think of. He said, but Peter, they said he was ignorant. Acts chapter 4, they looked at Peter and said, this, <laughs> this dude right here went on anybody's seminary role. But God said, didn't I not use them both? <laughs> and so I'm still going to get my master's, but I put my master's to the back burner. Here I am, 47 years old. I still don't have my master's. And it's time in my life, you know, season, I'm like, Lord, if I, if I have my master's, <laughs> I'll write my own ticket. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're not hearing me today. <laughs> See, <laughs> And I start to regret, you know what I'm saying? I should have went back and got my master's. What was I thinking about? <laughs> if I would have just had my master's right now, and, then, and, and regret will try to come into your life. But regret keeps you looking backwards, not looking forward. Because what has happened has already happened. And I'm here to deliver, help somebody get delivered with regrets. Uh, some of us, we have all these regrets. Uh, I never should have went out there and did this. Or I never should have had a, a child out of wedlock. Or I never should have been hooked up with this person. But baby, what happened 
happened. And, and it doesn't stop the plan of God for your life. And we can't live with all kind of regrets, all kind of baggage of, of stuff that we're holding on that we wish we didn't do it and we wish we didn't do it. And, and Satan's so crafty with this thing. Even me, I, I was a virgin when I got married at, at, at 26 years old. And my kids always joke me, your mom took your virginity. Yes, yes, she took my, my virginity. We'll, we'll get over that. But sometimes, you know, the devil would just come your way and say, man, you was in college, man. You had all them women that all you, and you didn't touch not a one of them, man. Don't you, should just, don't you just regret that? Oh, come on, man. You, you could have, man. You could have been over here. And, and man, and, and it's like you got to tell the devil, devil, get out. Get, just, just get up out of here. I have, no, I have no regrets. I don't regret doing what I did because it was the plan that, that God had for me. He had a purpose for me. He had a destiny for me. And I don't regret it. And it don't matter. Even if you were on the other side, you could have been sleeping with everybody that moves. It doesn't matter at this point because it's already happened. You cannot live with regrets and live with the baggage of the past. You got to be free of those things. Because when God starts to speak purpose in your life, when he starts to speak destiny in your life, that's what you got to start focusing on and not what, what you could have did and should have did and wish you had done because that ain't going to change anyway. You still got to have faith and believe that all things still work together for the good of them that love God who are called according to his purpose and he's going to take whatever happened and shape it into what he wants you to be because God's got promises for you and better still yet to come so we got to stop living with regrets people with faith don't live with regrets you got to keep it moving in faith that thing's forward we can't regret serving god deacon monroe <laughs> yeah you go to work and everybody else taking all these luxury vacations and doing all this stuff doing whatever they want with their time but but you got to come faithfully and serve in sunday school you got to serve god's people and sometimes you might want to get mad and say i just wish i could just do what i want to do i wish i was talking to a real church <laughs> sometimes you just want to do whatever you want to do <laughs> and, and, and other people do whatever they want to do they can say what they want to say and go where they want to go and eat what they want to do but but you got to serve God but don't regret serving God because it's going to pay off it may not look like it's paying off in the natural right now but when you're faithful to God you can best believe that he's going to be faithful to the word that he's placed in you he's faithful to the purpose that he's placed in you he's faithful don't regret it Young people, don't regret serving God. Yeah, you're up all night on a Friday night with helping some teenagers. Don't regret that. Value that because God sees what you're doing. We got to get... We got to get delivered from this thing called regrets because regrets trying to hold many of us back. The devil keeps wants us to keep looking back about what happened, but God say faith this thing forward. Bible says Moses, he could see the invisible. God, that's what kept Moses going. He saw the invisible God. You got to realize a whole generation that he let out into the wilderness, they died. But they didn't die in faith. They died in disbelief. Why? Because they had regrets. Oh, Moses, I regret not being able to have leeches. Oh, Moses, I regret being not able to do all of these things. And they died because they had regrets. But Moses kept looking to Jesus. Moses kept looking to God. He even though he was invisible. <laughs> yes, church, yes. We've got to understand people don't see God. People can't see what you see. <laughs> I wish I had more time. Listen, people can't see it. So people look at you like you're crazy, but they don't see what you see. 
You're still pressing on. They're like, why are you pressing on? There's nothing here. But you see something that they don't see because faith says what God has spoken, I see it. I know you can't see it. That's why you're talking about me. I know you can't see it. That's why you're posting about me. I know you can't see it. But I see something. I see something in the spirit that you can't see. There's an invisible God that's in control of my life. Faith this thing forward. <laughs> Woo. Ah, I just don't have time. We got to close this thing. But I'm telling you, faith will see what others cannot see. And you will look like an idiot sometimes. Man will call you all kinds of things. But you see it. The word of God got crystallized in your heart. You see it. Woo. I got to move. Faithing this thing forward. Faith allowed all the heroes of the hall of faith in chapter 11 he allowed faith allowed our fathers to see certain things the bible says they subdued kingdoms they stopped the mouths of lions in weakness they became strong but we've all to understand that the opposite things also happened the bible says many were tortured in faith imprisoned. Many were stoned. Many were left wandering. Many were destitute. Many were afflicted. And the Bible says the world was not worthy of them. This world wasn't even worthy of their presence as they lived in faith. The Bible says that they didn't receive the promise. They didn't receive it because God had something better. <laughs> it's better. They, everything that we get to experience now in Christ Jesus is what they were looking at. But they couldn't experience in their time because the manifestation of Christ had not come. They had something better for us. They couldn't, the Bible says they couldn't be complete or couldn't be perfect without us. Come on. That it wouldn't be right, it wouldn't be complete for them to experience it without us. Ooh. Some promises that God has made are complete. But there's still some promises that are going to be fulfilled. My mother died on March 31st, 1997. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm in a room. My family's there. Miss Mary Mahone was there. 
my sister had gone out. And as soon as my sister came into the room, she looked at her and she took her last breath. I'm not the most emotional person, but that devastated me. Because I don't like seeing people sick. Seeing somebody's body ravished with cancer is not the pretty sight. And it seems like on this side of things, our last memory of some of our loved ones is them in that type of situation. But we got to understand that I'm going to see her again. And when I see her, she's not going to look anything like that. Because the party ain't getting started until we all get there. They're in his presence now, but the, the whole fullness of it can't happen until the fullness of who God has called to be there gets there. But church, we got to get there. <laughs> we got to have the same faith that they had to get there. Even though we might not see it and we go through some stuff down here, we got to have faith. That's why chapter 12 says that we got to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. And we've got to run the race before us with patience, enduring it. So we got to have faith forward to continue to go through. And we've got to be a church that moves in faith because there's some folk that we're going to see that I want to see again. But I got to have the faith if I want to see them again. There is a generation of young people that needs to know that there's still a church that moves in faith. When everybody else is walking in fear, that there's still faith because many of them got to give their lives to the Lord. They ain't there yet. But we can't drop the baton because we don't have faith. We can't drop the baton because we're getting tired. We can't drop the baton because it's been a long journey. Faith has still got to arise because there's some promises that God has made. I want to see the young man get his life to Christ. I got to keep on going. I want to see the young lady give her life to Christ. I got to keep on going. If I want to see those that have no joy, have joy again. I've got to keep on going. I've got to run the race. And we got to pass the baton on to a generation. Chantel, you got to run this race. Whitney, you got to run this race. Brandon, you got to run this race. This baton of faith is too important. It's too important. You can't drop it. It's we got to get there. There are lives that are depending on us being faithful to God. We got to go into the community with faith. We got to stand in faith. I don't care what's who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the Black House. We got to stand in faith. Whatever God says it is, whatever God promises it shall be, whatever he says, that's it. We got to move in faith.
We got to encourage each other. We got to faith this thing forward. I know my mom and others have loved ones that they've seen going on, and we want to see them again. But they're waiting for us. They're cheering us on. We got a cloud of witnesses. We know this thing can be done. Whether you go through it, blessing, great. Whether you got to suffer for a while, that's great. But if we're doing it in faith, there's a witness that God will reward those. And we're all going to get our reward, but we all got to get there. We've all got to walk in faith. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And I just want you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, faith it forward. Neighbor, faith forward. Neighbor, faith forward. Neighbor, faith forward. Neighbor, faith forward. Faith forward. Faith forward. Faith forward. Faith forward, faith forward, faith forward, faith forward. Don't quit here. You've come too far by faith. Leading on his word. Don't quit. The just shall live by faith. Deacons are going to get ready, but I want to do what I got to do here with this call. There's two things I want to do quickly. Hey, if you do not know the Lord Jesus, everybody praying briefly. If you do not know the Lord Jesus and you want to give your life to him, you want to give your life to Jesus, you realize that you're not saved, you've been walking away and apart from God, but God is calling you. You hear his spirit saying, come to me. This is not an embarrassing time. Nobody's trying to call anybody out. There's no big eyes, no little U's. Just everybody just needs to be saved by the grace of God. Is there somebody today that wants to get saved, give their life to the Lord Jesus? Is there somebody that says, here, here I am, here I am. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Is there one? Is there one that wants to get saved today? Is there one? Everybody praying. Is there somebody that wants to get saved today? Amen. 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 Heaven celebrating. Is there somebody here that's already saved and you're looking for a church home? You already know the Lord Jesus. You already know the Lord Jesus. You know him in the pardon of your sin. You hear God saying that this is the local fellowship that he wants you to walk with where you can grow and work out your soul salvation. There's somebody that wants to join the church. You're already saved. You already know Jesus. Maybe you've relocated. Maybe God is just transitioning you. Is there somebody that wants to join this local fellowship? Is there one? Is there somebody that wants to come this way? Because you hear God saying, this is the place for you. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Last call. Somebody want to get saved? For the first time, somebody want to join the local church? 
Amen. Amen. While he's praying, I want to have one last prayer and we're getting this communion. Regrets are holding many of us back. If that's you, I just want you to stand right where you are. If that's you, I want you to stand right where you are. If God has spoken that thing to you, I just want you to stand right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You no longer need to live with regrets. All over this building, you no longer need to live with regrets. God's word is still true. His promises are still sure. And God still has better for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that we are dropping our regrets right now. We're no longer walking. We're no longer carrying regrets about what happened, should have happened, could have happened, would have happened, oh God. We thank you that we trust your word, that you're working all things together for our good according to your purpose, God. And I bless you now in Jesus' name. My brothers and sisters, God, we are free from regrets. Our face is now forward looking at the promises of God, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. No baggage. This baggage, this weight of sin, of regret is being dropped right here today in Jesus' name. July 28, 2019, we drop that baggage right now in the name of Jesus, and we faith this thing forward. We're released of it right now in Jesus' name. Father, we repent. We've kept it this long, but we thank you for forgiving us and allowing us to move forward. And we bless you, God. We are free because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you, God, and we bless you in Jesus' name. And let all the free people in Jesus say amen. 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 We're going to the communion table, and then we'll be finished. We just ask for your patience a little more. As we go to this important time. Can we please stand for a biblical reading for communion? We'll be coming out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, reading verse 23 through 34. And you can look on both screens to follow along. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, 
And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that we come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We've come. This is a special time for us as a believer. This is one thing that we as believers can share, knowing the fullness knowing the fullness of the occasion, what it cost for us to be able to stand here and to do this. And the Bible says that this is a time for us to do a self-examination. You may be seated. That this is a time for us to do a self-examination. That's to take a look at ourselves, where we stand in life. And if Jesus were to come back at this time, where would we be? Would we know with an assurance that we would go if there are any hindrances and things that are keeping us from us. And the Bible tells us that we'll stand before God to give an account for every deed that we've done in our bodies. So this is an opportunity for us to repent, for us to examine ourselves, to realize, to wonder, is there anything between my soul and my Savior? So we ask that if you would take this moment to just take this time. If there's someone that you know you're still harboring some anger, some resentment against. This is a time for you to ask God to forgive you and then as soon as possible to find them that you might, that you might be able to repent to them. For I don't know about you, but I want to stand before the Lord with nothing, nothing standing between he and I. And the Bible says that on the night that he was betrayed Jesus took the bread gave thanks and break it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you eat in remembrance of me afterwards he took the cup which represented a new testament that would be shed that would be brought in by the shedding of his blood he blessed it Ask us to drink it in remembrance of him. So, Father, we bless this bread. We bless this wine. Father, as we eat and as we drink, may we remember by faith what it cost for us to be here. And we do thank you for this, God. We thank you for the opportunity. And, Father, we look forward to a time when we'll all be together with all those that have gone before us and we can celebrate the wondrous love of Jesus. We ask you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Officers, please.
Praise God. Ushers, please bring the people forward. Amen. Would you come excitedly? Excited that Jesus died and rose again so that we could have the privilege of celebrating. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ arose.
Hallelujah. Have all been served on the floor? If you have not been served, please uh, let us know. Amen. Amen. All have been served. Everyone. All have been served. Officers, please come in. of him. Likewise, take the cup and drink.
Hallelujah. I know it was the blood. And one day when I was lost, he died on the cross. I know it was the blood for me. By faith, by faith, I know it was the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Songwriter said, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Yeah, trusting in his holy word. Why? He's never failed. Never failed me yet. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch somebody and tell them we've come this far by faith. Hallelujah. 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 Tell somebody I still see. I still see a little further on. And we'll get there by faith. Hallelujah. Won't you stand and give the Lord a hand for the, for the faith series. Hallelujah. More faith. Let's fear. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we have come this far by faith. And God, we are so grateful to know that by faith, there's even more that you have in store for us. We believe it. We believe it and we see it by faith. Thank you for the man of God that's delivered the, during this time, God. We pray right now, Father, that you would restore all that he's poured out, God, renew. Renew, Father. Replenish him with even more. We thank you for this hour. We pray for those that stand on each side of us, God, and we pray that they would have a fruitful and a blessed week, that you would keep us. And, Father, send someone every day that we might share about Jesus Christ with. We thank you for what we're doing and where we're going by faith in Jesus' name. And let the redeemed of the Lord say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.